Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch, fastball, pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, welcome to Fantasy Baseball today here on Tuesday, June 25th. What's going on, everybody? Adam Azer and Scott White. What's up, Scam? How are we doing, Scott? Yeah, Team Scam. Big show. Big show. Big day. Mm-hmm. Heath is, Heath is on vacation, enjoying Orlando, Florida. Chris is enjoying New York City. I'm supposed to meet him for dinner tonight, but I can't because we are actually recording a special episode tonight at like 11.30 p.m. on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to have Chris Welsh from the In This League podcast on. At least that's the plan. Chris, don't mm. back out. And Scott and I will also be on the show. How was, uh, yeah. how was fantasy baseball for you yesterday? How would everything go? Oh, it was it was a little it was a little strange, a little different. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, a lot of a lot of pitchers who uh, who I think we were expecting to get worse had experienced some normalization yesterday. So uh, it might have been painful for some people, but it was it was it was a step in the direction that. Uh, that their numbers said they should go. Yeah, if you're talking about Steven Matz, that was one that was painful for me because I sat there and looked at the lineup. Do I start him? Do I sit him? I started him. I should have sat him. I didn't know his horrible history in Philadelphia and six starts in his career now in Philadelphia. Matz has an ERA. It's like north of seven, I think. It's terrible. Uh, His uh, career in Philadelphia, 818 ERA and six starts. So you don't want to start him at Citizens Bank Park. I was happy David Dahl homered. He is striking out a lot lately, so we'll talk about that. Any standouts from Monday? The Marlins didn't play, so we can't talk about any Marlins pitchers. I'm not sure I have a huge standout from Monday. Do you have anybody? I mean, I think it might be time to start J- taking Jason Kipnis a little more seriously. He had a walk-off home run for the for, for Cleveland. It was his fourth home run since last Sunday when he says he... He figured something out with his hands. I, th- yeah. I think he's referring to the way he positions them. But, um, you know, in the, in the week plus since then, he's hit about 500 with four home runs. And he's been pretty much a non-factor in fantasy for two and a half years, but used to be regarded as a must-start option. So I, I can I can kind of buy the idea that uh, something was off for him for mechanically all that time, and he just finally figured it out. Um yeah, you can wait. Do you, you can really buy, need you can another buy infielder? I don't know. You can buy the. You can buy that he just figured something out mechanically because it's been his OPS the last two seasons seven oh five seven oh four. So yeah. I don't yeah, know that I can buy. I, I don't know that I can buy a two and a half year slump and that he just figured out with his hand placement. Okay. Now I did have I did have Kipnis in the notes. I'm glad you brought him up. I do think it's worth it. I just. I think he's only like 14% owned or something, uh, and he is red hot. But, yeah, I, I remember right. reading that note about the hands. It just seems like, damn, it really took him a long time to figure that out. What have his hitting coaches been doing the last two and a half years, you know? I, I don't know. It's a hard game. You know, if J.D. Martinez had figured out the proper way to his hold his hands earlier than he did, um, he'd still be an Astro today probably, so... 
All right. Uh, you know, and like I said, I mean, do you, if it's probably just addressing, it's probably just a flyer worth taking in deeper leagues. Cause do you honestly need another middle infielder? Probably not. Uh, I, I find it's rare that I need an extra hitter of any kind, but, uh, but nonetheless, I mean, uh, it's, it's starting to get a little interesting. Yeah. All year long, we've been talking about, well, second base, it's the shallowest position other than catcher, which isn't really a position. But is second base really that shallow now with with the call-ups and guys getting eligibility and, and such? Uh, does second base feel shallow to you? Are you struggling at second base anywhere? I don't think I am. Yeah, I'm not. Maybe outfield in five outfielder leagues, I could stand to have. I could stand to have an upgrade or two, but like, I, and the thing is, like, I went pretty hard after pitching. <laughs> early in drafts this year and I, I still find myself in that situation. It's just such a it's just such a topsy turvy world we're playing in right now, Adam. What like was, what, what do you tell mean? Marte is gonna be a forty homer guy, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> how did we arrive at this place? I don't know. What like, do you it, mean it's, though? It's that basically you said that you said that you've been going hard after pitching and you're still what, needing pitching? Is that what you meant? Yeah, and, and not really needing hitting. Yeah. Um like it feels like, oh, I I had a good example. I, I can't think of what the example was. Uh, I've heard that I wanted to use, but it's just it's just kind of like a home run. The home run output from a guy, like okay, so I I haven't played all the Super Smash Brother games. The original one, though, I remember playing in high school and. There was a pickup, an item pickup, the hammer, that would, like, it, it was just such a powerful item that we often turned it off because anybody who grabbed the hammer could just knock anybody, like, off the off the playing field and, and like, get a lot of, of victories that way in a way that didn't really demonstrate their skill. And I feel like home runs have kind of become like the hammer in today's game that like, no matter who's on the mound, no matter who's at the plate, a home run could happen. And it's become that way the last three years more than ever. And, like, it's it's creating this randomness among the high-end starting pitchers. It's creating this randomness it, it, within the hitting pool where, you know, seemingly anyone in the top 15 at a position could be top five next week, you know? It's just... It's just really hard to to distinguish yourself, at least in a standard size league, to distinguish yourself at one of the hitter spots. And it's it's really all come down to pitching. I feel like how good is your pitching? Yeah, in shallower leagues, I do certainly agree with you. Standard size. I don't know what we consider a standard size league, but if you're just starting like one of every position and three outfielders, that's kind of standard. Maybe on the small side in a twelve team league. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you shouldn't you shouldn't be looking at your lineup in one of those leagues, being like. Man, my lineup stinks. It should be good. There are enough really good hitters to go around. Um, I have a yeah, my Yahoo league. By the way, Brendan McKay, Yahoo eligible, and starting pitcher eligible now on Yahoo. Yahoo put, eligible. Put okay, in your put in your uh, <laughs> put in your claims. Uh, here's the good news about that league. You know, we all went through that saga with me, um, and I appreciate your support. 
uh, telling me that I deserve him. <laughs> At least I wish you were my commissioner, all of you out there who agree with me. Uh, I'm in dead last. I'm in 12th place. So hopefully I have the highest waiver wire priority. I don't know. I just put in a claim this morning. But I look at my lineup in that league, and I it is so good. I'm afraid to drop hitters. That's how good my line. And I'm in dead last. My pitching sucks beyond belief. Uh, you know, I went with Edwin Diaz and Blake Trinan, and that didn't work out. Uh, James Paxson missed a bunch of time. I have Garrett Cole. That's been good. But it just it hasn't worked out. I could do anything to trade hitting for pitching, and I just can't do it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, I feel like we've been having this conversation for a few years now. And what we do on draft day, I, I, you know, what we do on draft day is tough because I know I need to prioritize pitching. But I also look at, like, the pitchers who went early and how many of them have been disappointing, mm-hmm. either for injury yeah. or for bad luck or the home runs like you talked about. There have been a lot of busts. So it comes down, I guess, kind of to luck. Did you just did you draft Tyler Glass now and Charlie Morton? Or did you draft Trevor Bauer and <laughs> Blake Snell? You know, <laughs> it's it's just kind of how it is. Uh, but I, I, I feel like it takes a... a uh... You need to be committed, dedicated at every turn to pursuing upside at starting pitching any way you can find it and understanding that there are going to be a lot of misfires along the way because pitching pitching is the is the fickle mistress that we all have to stay on the right side of. And it's really hard to do that. It has to it requires constant maintenance, but like if you if you don't, then you're going to find yourself having to start Julio Tehran in a two-start week just because there's nobody. You you have to fill those lineup spots somehow. And look what happens when you do that. Yep. Yep. And Julio Tehran, of course, got rocked yesterday. If I had a standout from yesterday, it would be Lucas Giolito. And another start that makes me less convinced that he's truly, truly an ace. I think he's going to be fine going forward because his schedule is going to lighten up after next week. But it's another start against one of the best offenses in baseball and another pretty bad start, to be quite honest. And it could have been worse because he left with the bases loaded and two outs and the reliever got out of the jam for him. We'll talk about him a little bit later. We got a couple of sponsors for today's show. We got hymns. If you uh, think maybe you're losing your hair a little bit, that happens to most guys. 66% of men before age 35 start losing their hair or by age 35. If you uh, want a, a trial month for $5, go to 4 F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com slash F-B-T, forhims.com slash F-B-T. And our other sponsor is SeatGeek. Use the code FANTASY on SeatGeek to get $10 off your first purchase. SeatGeek is awesome. I use it all the time for tickets. Fantasy is the promo code on SeatGeek. News and notes. Jordan Hicks has a torn UCL. They have not decided on Tommy John, but obviously if Hicks isn't out for the rest of the season, he's going to be out for a while, but it just you're not getting anything out of Jordan Hicks. This year, and we'll see about next year. Meanwhile, we get a report, Scott, from Rick Hummel of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that Carlos Martinez is expected to get most of the closer duties. That's what Rick Hummel Ah, said. Ah, yes. Yes. The passive voice. You phrased it exactly right. (laughs) Right. That's exactly how he put it in the article, is expected to get the majority. Who's expecting him to do this? Is it Rick Hummel who's expecting him to do that? Is it Mike Schilt who's expecting him to do that? We don't know because he used the passive voice, which is often a clever way for people who don't want to use the first person to slip their first person opinion in there. It's the best. It's the most we have to go on. I think just based on the fact that since returning from the IL in mid-May, Carlos Martinez has worked the eighth inning most of the time. 
it probably means it's him. And he was the closer down the stretch last year, lest we forget. Um, so Mike Schilt has already shown a tendency to go to him in those spots. Uh, but John Mazelik, the general manager, who isn't the one making that call, uh, said Sunday in no uncertain terms that he thought it'd be Gant. That was before Gant allowed foreign runs, but still. And then there's a new, another guy, Giovanni Gallegos, whose ratios are incredible. Um, you could make the case he deserves the shot too, especially if you don't want to disrupt things in the bullpen. So I'd go Martinez first, then Gant, then Gallegos. But uh, if you're really hurting for saves, um, you you want to try and find a way to pick up all three of them because I, I could see it going any of those directions. And I think they'll probably settle on one, right? It's not like they're going to... Yeah, gonna, probably. Right. I mean, that's how Schultz's been operating. Right, right. So Martinez and Gantt are 52 and 58% owned, respectively, and I don't know Gallego's ownership, but I imagine it's pretty low. Tyler Glass now will be shut down for three weeks. So we're, I mean, it's almost July. So I don't know that we're going to see Tyler Glass now till mid-August, maybe, at the earliest. Maybe that's a little pessimistic, but it can't be that pessimistic. So, yeah, I mean, you can make the decision on your own if you should drop him or keep him, but it's going to be a while before you see Glass now. Uh, Yahoo added Brandon McKay. That's great. Now we need the Rays to add Brandon McKay. He had another good start over the weekend. Bring him up. As Drupal Cabrera uh, will begin serving a three-game suspension today, Bryce Wilson is going to start for the Braves on Thursday, Scott. Any interest in Bryce Wilson? I think in this pitching environment, there's interest in every pitcher with upside. His overall numbers at AAA aren't great they're not bad either uh last eight starts though he has an era around 250 with more than a strikeout per and really the walk rate for him has been terrific down there so uh i I think he's too fastball reliant i don't have like i i I would rather go advert alzale over him um but you know if if you already missed that boat and want to pursue upside I, i don't think bryce wilson's a bad pickup Ross Stripling will start today for the Dodgers against the Diamondbacks. Julio Arias will piggyback. And maybe after tonight, we'll find out who the guy to own in Los Angeles is. Or maybe they'll just keep doing this. But neither guy is really stretched out enough. I think Urias is probably more stretched out than Stripling. Noah Syndergaard could pitch on Sunday. Stephen Wright could be activated, will be activated today. Stephen Wright, Red Sox knuckleballer, served an 80-game suspension for HGH. He initially will work out of the bullpen. They could use rotation help, so maybe down the line we'll see Stephen Wright. Uh, Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver. Boy, he's been on the IL for so long we haven't been able to sing it. He had an MRI on his elbow. It showed some improvement, but there's still no timetable for Luke Weaver's return. Ian Desmond day-to-day with a lower half issue, but he is expected to start today. Jake Bowers is day-to-day with a sprained ankle. Adalberto Mondesi should be back this weekend, and Mike Soroka's status still uncertain for the upcoming weekend. And I've got him in a lineup, so let's get yourself on the mound, Mike Soroka. Uh, some baseball stuff. I mentioned David Dahl. He's homered in two straight games, but now he has seven strikeouts in his last three games. That was after he dramatically cut his strikeout rate. So I'm kind of obsessed with him, and I'll keep monitoring it. Cleveland <laughs> is 15-6 and six in June. That's the best record in the American League. Yoan Moncada hit his first home run off a lefty yesterday, this season. That was off Eduardo Rodriguez. But I will say, like, Yohan Mankata's done a lot better against lefties. He's batting 271. Obviously not a lot of power, but that's a big batting average improvement for Mankata against lefties. Giancarlo Stanton hit his first home run of the season in his eighth game 
of the season. But I just think it's crazy. June 24th. Look at that shot on video. Oh, my gosh. He <laughs> crushed that ball. June 24th, Giancarlo Stanton's first home run. All right, Scott, let's play a game called Which is Greater? Are you ready? I think so. Okay. I think so. Let's do it. I give you two things. You tell me which is greater. Robinson Cano's home runs or the Mets starting rotations home runs? As in, like, the amount of home runs the starting pitchers have hit. Who's hit more, Cano or Uh, Well, it's... I imagine you're asking because the second number is greater. Well, so I'm close. Going to go with close. Mets, Mets staff's home run. You are correct, Scott Am White. I... The Mets starting rotation has hit five home runs. Robinson Cano has hit four home runs this year, and he is just having a dreadful year, batting 223. He has one extra base hit in 52 at bats against lefties. The batted ball data looks pretty similar to last season. So I think you know you've heard Kreeth talk about how. Cano could bounce back. What do you think about Cano? Is he even worth owning at this point? Uh, like I said, I mean, who do you have a need at second base? If you do, then I guess you could take a chance that Cano figures it out. But he's, yeah, I don't know. Like in terms of strikeout walk rate, those are worse basically than they've ever been before. So. Is it decline at age 36? I, I think it may well be. They're not drastically worse. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think he could bounce back, but I, that's just not how I want to use my roster space right now. So I have cut Robinson Cano in all but like the 15-team leagues where I've drafted him or the NL-only leagues where I've drafted him. And uh, I haven't missed him so far. So would you cut Cano for Biggio? For, yes, for, uh, I would. Kipnis? I would. I think that we're seeing clearer signs of production from Biggio. How about for Kipnis? Um Yeah, I was wonder. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Should, would I do it for Kipnis? Certainly, if I had a lineup spot to spot to fill right now, and was fine just playing with the hot hands, fine just playing the hot hand until uh, until something more stable emerged there. I, I think I would be willing to go with Kipnis over Cano right now. Um, but I do think there's a better chance Cano is more useful in the long run. I'm just not sure it's. I'm just not sure it's better than a 50-50 shot for either. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later with some emails. We have emails. We have buy or sell. We have grade the trade. We have team name Tuesday. We have a lot of listener interaction today. Um, you know, you're at the point of the season where you might not have the luxury of waiting for a guy to come around if you think he's going to come around. You have to make decisions to win right now if, in some of your leagues. So, like, I I can't sit here and tell you to hang on to Robinson Cano. It just, you got to win, you know? Like, there are enough good indicators, I guess, in the batted ball profile that maybe he could turn it around. But, you know, you got you to win now for many of you out there. We got more Which is Greater coming up. We also have some Hey Real Quick, a busy show today. So let's take a quick break here, and uh, we'll come right back on Fantasy Baseball today. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. 
They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com Collaboration Tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Scott, which is greater? Joey Votto's RBIs or Jose Ramirez's steals? Um... I guess it's Jose. Am I ruining the game here by saying the answer? I don't really think it is Jose Ramirez no, and Steals. You guess whatever you want, man. Well, Jose, Jose Ramirez and Steals. The guess? only reason I think you're asking is because the the surprising answer would be Jose well, Ramirez. Like, how Steals. bad do you think I am at this game? Like, I'm a better game show producer than that, Scott. Joey Votto <laughs> has more. Joey Votto obviously has more RBIs than Jose Ramirez has Steals. Joey Votto has 19 RBIs. And Jose Ramirez has 18 steals. Come on. Uh, Come on. Now, now listen. Wrong. I want to talk about both these guys. Joey Votto. You may not realize it, people. In his last 24 games, he is batting 356 with a 972 OPS. And guess what? He's not even a top 20 first baseman. That is amazing. <laughs> that I don't understand that. Like I Only three home runs and 11 RBIs with that 356 batting average in his last 24 games. There's also a lot of players who are first base eligible that you'd be playing at other positions. It's a few like second base eligible guys as well, like Max Muncy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's interesting. This is Votto's hot streak, 356 batting average, 972 OPS, but there is so little power and so little run production that he hasn't really made that much of a mark, uh, even in this stretch of, of 24 games. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What does that mean to you going forward? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think he's must own anymore. Um, I think he could still get hotter from here. I think he could start to hit home runs at a faster pace. I mean, we've seen him be a good home run guy in the past, but at his age, I don't think you can assume it. It, it, it honestly depends on how deep your league is, how you're willing to make use of your bench spots, but. You know, getting back to what I was saying earlier about pitching, if you're really pursuing upside at pitcher at every turn, I mean, you're adding Adbert Alzale over him because there's an upside arm. Zach Gallen, you're adding him over him. Jesus Luzardo, hoping he gets called up soon. Uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as to continue to stash somebody like Fultonevich in the hopes he figures things out at AAA over Votto. But, I mean, that's along the same line of thought for me. Is just you. You hope something sticks at pitcher, and do you need like even if Votto bounces back, how comfortable are you with who you have at first base? Probably pretty comfortable. I mean, probably. Yeah. You know, you haven't had to resort to somebody like Ian Desmond. There, you have somebody actually reliable and good. All right, so so let's talk about Jose Ramirez. Now he's batting two seventeen. We got an email that said Jose Ramirez is officially hot. I don't know. Um, so now it's like 11 games where he's batting over 300, but with one home run, mm-hmm. two steals, one double, two triples. If this is a hot streak, I'm not exactly well, blown away. 
He hit two doubles just yesterday. Okay, so I'm sorry. Okay, the one double in the in the, in the yeah, ten there. games before that. So it's three doubles, two triples, one home run, and a batting average over three hundred in his last eleven games. Yeah, it's okay. It's all yeah, right. It's, it's good. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's back necessarily. I think he has one strikeout during that stretch, but of course, strikeouts haven't been the problem for him this whole time. That's right. He does have. One. Uh, I I I think if. Um, you know, based on some of the breakdowns I've seen on what might be happening for him, if he does bounce back, it's probably not going to be with the home run production we've seen from certainly not last year, maybe not the last couple years. Like he's going to have to get back to being, uh, you know, hit high average guy who might be able to hit 20 homers, which look would still probably make him a highly regarded fantasy asset because of how often he steals bases and points leagues obviously the lack of strikeouts but yeah i don't think i i'm pretty much over the idea that we're going to see 2018 jose ramirez again yeah and i'm just getting i'm starting to get over the idea that i drafted basically when i drafted jose ramirez with the third overall pick i basically drafted billy hamilton with the third overall pick uh, 18 steals. I, mean, it's, I, I hope it's better than that still. <laughs> no, but so far he's batting 217 with yeah. five home runs and 18 steals. Like that's, that's insane. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's greater, Scott Buster Posey's runs plus RBIs or Christian Yelich's home runs runs plus RBIs for Posey or Yelich's home runs. I'm going to say Yelich's home runs. You are wrong, Scott. Posey, oh, 36 man. runs that plus RBIs. See, you think I'm so predictable. Mm-hmm. And Yelich only has 29 home runs. Um, all right, we, we talked about, you said Votto is not must-own. What about Posey? Like, he has been terrible. But before going on the IL, he wasn't completely terrible. Since coming back from injury, he's 5 for 33 with a double. Um, I dropped him for Josh Fegley in our points league. I'm kind of done with Posey. Because his plate discipline's not yeah, even that I'm, great anymore. Well, I, I just don't know that Josh Fegley is the guy. Like, I could understand if, uh, particularly since Posey went on the IL, if you happen to fill that catcher spot with somebody who we now think is pretty good at there. Um, like uh, Carson think- Kelly? Yeah, Carson Kelly would be a good example. Uh, Mitch Garver's been kind of banged up recently since he came off the aisle, so I don't know that. He, but that, that's the kind of player I'm thinking, where we now have, you know, we we value them on a higher level than we did before. It's going to be pretty hard to remove them. I don't think carrying a second catcher in Posey, in the hopes that he becomes something something more, is a great use of roster space. Probably right. not. But I I would think in a 12 team league, even a one catcher league. Somebody in your league probably should be taking a chance on Posey because I don't think there are enough of those catchers still to uh, to let him sit. All right, Scott. Finally, what's greater, Hyunjin Ryu's ERA or Trevor Bauer's WHIP? Better the better number is Trevor Bauer's WHIP. So it's actually lower than Ryu's yeah. ERA. You're correct. Yeah. Ryu's ERA is greater than Bauer's WHIP. Greater as in higher, 127 ERA for Ryu, 118 whip, mostly because of walks for Trevor Bauer. He, Trevor Bauer might be among the league leaders in, in opponent's batting average, like lowest. Uh, he has been hard to hit, but he hasn't been very good. Yeah. All right, Scott, we're going to move forward here. So I want to get to those emails and the buy or sell. 
So let's do some hey real quick. Hey real quick. This one's so easy. I should have picked a better outfielder. Maybe I'll pick a better outfielder. <laughs> Andrew Benintendi or Michael Brantley was the hey real quick. What, what would you say? Benintendi or Brantley? I would say Brantley. Yeah, it's too easy. So I need someone better than, than yeah. Brantley. Like worse than Brantley, actually. Um, Andrew Benintendi or Giancarlo Stanton? Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Damn it. I don't know I... who to go with here. Well, like, what about like David Dahl? Yeah, uh, John, I think that's, Andrew I think Benintendi. That's more at the point for a value. Okay, I was going to say Andrew uh, Benintendi. Yeah. Andrew Benintendi or John Jay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do Dahl. Let's do Dahl. Who would you go with? See, I would still side with Benintendi there because Dahl, you know, the fact that the BABIP is so high, uh, the strikeout rate has come down a good bit, but the BABIP is still too high to believe. And uh, you have to think there's some regression coming there. But, yeah, I'm not super confident Ben Benintendi's going to get that much better from here, in which case I'm not even sure a normalized doll is worse. I'd, I would take that chance now, but uh, not with great confidence. I feel like Benintendi, who, by the way, is the number 28 outfielder in points, number 43 in Roto, I, I, I feel like he is sort of dependent on the Red Sox lineup. He's not that much worse in terms of home runs, steals, batting average than he was last year because he's not that good in any of it. Like he's he's not bad, but the Red Sox are yeah. seventh in runs scored this year. Last year, I, I think they were first. Uh, I'll double check right now. Yeah, they were first by a lot, twenty five more runs than the Yankees, which is a lot. So you know the counting stats maybe get better if the Red Sox lineup gets better. Let's go to our next one. Hey, real quick, both guys pitched last night: Lucas Giolito or Clayton Kershaw. I will go Kershaw. I, I think that's how I had them even before Giolito's kind of – he's kind of going through a rough patch here. In terms of control, yesterday he had four walks and five and two-thirds innings. That was really the main problem before that. The start before that, he just got knocked around in every way. Uh, but that's 11 walks now over 16 innings in his past three starts. And, and that was something that – he dealt with in April, too, when the season first started, and it wasn't clear he was such a breakthrough pitcher. I feel like by now it's clear the stuff is so much better than it's ever been before that we can deal with these growing pains. But um, he hasn't totally whipped the control issue, it appears. Right, and that's Kershaw's strength right now. I mean, Kershaw has a 107 whip. Giolito also has a 107 whip. But Kershaw's walked just 15 batters in 85 innings. What I like about Kershaw... He's pitched six innings or more in every start, and he hasn't given up more than four runs in any start. He has been remarkably consistent. What I don't like about Kershaw is his strikeouts are, are now 75 strikeouts in 85 but, innings. But his swinging strike rate is actually back up this year to closer to where it's been for most of his career. So, But he's throwing I, 100 pitches. I think there's pitches. a possibility there's more strikeouts. I guess, but he's throwing 100 pitches per start. So, like... Not, no, he's not throwing 100 pitches per start. He's he's maxing out at 100 pitches. So I okay. don't, I, you know, but, you know, but at the same time, he's not walking anybody, so he's still pitching fairly deep into games. I guess I don't know yeah. how, what his strikeout upside is. I'm assuming that he's not going to really help me that much in strikeouts. Kershaw. By the way, since Kershaw debuted on April 16th, he's 13th in points, 17th in Roto, 7 and 1 record, so he's 70 RA. So he's averaging six and a half innings per start, which I think has got to rank pretty high. I mean, I don't 
I don't know of a leaderboard that shows average innings per start, but it's, it's you know good. six innings per start is good. Yeah, and he's six and a half. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, right, but he, yeah, all right, all right. We'll see what I, we'll see what happens with those strikeouts. Let's get him back up. We'll talk about some hot hitters, some cold hitters. Recap yesterday's action and get to your questions and your buy or sell right after this quick break and this message from SeatGeek on Fantasy Baseball today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Well, Scott, Jason Kipnis is one of the hot hitters I wanted to ask you about, so you already ruined that for me. Let me ask you about two other hot hitters. <laughs> Christian Walker, he's, he's back to hitting pretty well right now. Last 24 games, uh, 329 batting average with six home runs. And Jackie Bradley. Jackie Bradley, his first 38 games, he had a 421 OPS. That You hear me? 421 OPS in 38 games. They stuck with him. Yeah. And in his last 33 games, he has a 1034 OPS with three steals. Uh, you know, he's been really good. So if Christian Walker mm. and Jackie Bradley were both available to you right now, who would you prioritize? Definitely Walker, who I have remained infatuated with even throughout some of his struggles because he hits the ball so hard and obviously has really good minor league numbers, especially in more recent years. Uh, I, I, I wrote about him as one of my four pickups in the waiver wire column, uh, today. And I was surprised at how few RBIs and runs he has. And I think it's just because you know, he wasn't a starter at the beginning of the season. He probably made a lot of, like, his games played is pretty high, but he's probably made a lot of pinch hit appearances. And more recently, Kevin Wal- uh, Kevin Crone's st- stolen starts from him. Kevin Crone's back in the minors now, and I think with Walker on a nine-game hitting streak with three home runs, we're going to see him play more consistently. I hope and so. I think he put, like, I'm more interested in him than somebody like, uh, like, I'd be, hmm. I guess probably my interest level is about the same as Joey Vada, actually. Hmm. Don't think he's quite must-own, but I think there's a chance he gets better from here. He's also hitting just 224 with runners in scoring position. That could be hurting the uh, RBIs. And uh, Walker, yeah, all right. So, oh, he's been better against righties than lefties, which is good because right now playing time is not an issue. When Jake Lamb comes back, maybe it is, but it shouldn't be. Uh, and Jackie Bradley, 32% on, and, you know, I I wish I had picked him up in a five-outfielder league, but I missed my chance. Chris Towers picked him up and ride this hot streak. You know, Chris liked Bradley before the season started because he thought, you know, there was going to be a swing change, and Chris's theory is that, yeah, it just it took him a while to sort of adjust to his adjustment, and maybe he's right. All right, let's take a look at a couple of cold hitters that are both owned in 84% of leagues. And tell me, Scott, are they droppable? Didi Gregorius, 241 so far with one home run, two walks, 10 strikeouts, and 14 games. And Alex Gordon, in his last 20 games, he's batting 205. He's been a little hotter recently, 
but 205 batting average for Gordon in his last 20 games. Basically, that's all of June. Didi Gregorius and Alex Gordon, are either of them droppable? I never really bought into Alex Gordon, so I'm comforted to see that he's come back down to earth here. Five outfielder leagues, you may not be able to do better for that fifth spot, but anything shallower, and he's definitely droppable. And Gregorius, I think it, it comes down to format, too. Like I, I think there's a good chance that he's top 15 the rest of the way, but there's so many redundancies there, like everywhere else. I mean, if you drafted... Didi Gregorius thinking you'd stash him till midseason and make do at shortstop in the meantime. You've probably found Jorge Polanco since then, uh, Dansby Swanson, even like a Marcus Simeon, at least in a points league. Uh, I'd feel more comfortable rolling with him than waiting out this period from Gregorius where it might... It might take him a while to get back to playing every day. I mean, he's played more regularly recently, I guess. But to regain his stroke, I mean, look at how long it took Corey Seager coming yeah. off Tommy John's surgery to start hitting like we know he can. It was basically just beginning to happen before he hurt his hamstring and went on the IL. Yep, that's a good point. Okay, and the play discipline's been bad, and that was something for Gregorius he made big strides on last year. Those are some cold hitters. And, yeah, Scott is a, is a mean man for saying that he has comforted Alex Gordon slumping. Don't think that we didn't notice that, but don't think that I don't. Well, feel not like... everything is gone topsy turvy. Thankfully, like yeah, I still don't. Yeah, the the home run issue is frustrating me. I mean, you got Cattell Marte, who was projected to be like an Ender Enciarte type coming up through the Mariner system. He's on pace for forty home runs, and yet, like that, that's become so commonplace. It's not like front like. You know, people aren't losing their minds over it. You know, it's just kind of, oh, tell Marte, how about him? And it's it's just yeah. weird that we've gotten to that point. Tommy Lastella has five more home runs than the past five years combined. Now that has gotten more headlines, but even so, it's still it's still ridiculous. It is, and and baseball knows it, and they're trying to fix it. I do like the fact that are they? I think so. I mean, I, I like the fact that they're not like, oh, there's no there's nothing wrong with the ball. Like they're acknowledging there's less drag on the ball, and I think they're trying to fix that. They don't want to see this many home runs. Uh yeah, and it is certainly changing the game. I don't really mind it though. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal, I believe it was, was it Ken Rosenthal? Gosh. It was somebody for the wrote for the athletic um about how basically the game was being ruined by all these home runs. It was ob- It was like a. It was either Rosenthal or was one of their like very well known old. You know, you know not old. Older yeah. like Jason established. Stark, maybe might have been Jason Stark. Like a, like a Hall of Fame caliber writer. And I just don't agree with the yeah. premise. Like I I don't mind it. I still get excited for home runs. I wouldn't mind if there were fewer of them. But for some reason, Scott, it's like yeah. I still think. Like, are people complaining? Maybe they are. But are people complaining that, that there are too many three pointers in, in basketball? It's still an exciting play. Some people are. Yeah. yeah. Some people are. But I don't, but I don't think it's but I don't think it's ruining basketball. Like but before la- before this year, when well, LeBron was still on the East Coast, like the ratings were great. I don't think home run I don't think that the problem with baseball is that there are too many home runs. I certainly don't think people are like, nah, I don't want to watch baseball. There's too many home runs. That is not the issue at all. Home runs are still the most exciting thing in baseball. I, What's more exciting? I don't think that's true at all. I think I think balls in play, whether it's runners racing around the bases or balls in play allowing a fielder to make a great play. I, I feel like that's more exciting. Home runs used to be more exciting because 
they felt they felt like a major accomplishment, but they don't anymore. But they still impact uh, I, I the game I, I more than anything else. I think maybe saying it ruins the game is taking it too far. I still enjoy it, obviously, but there have been times when I could sit down and watch a baseball game and and felt more entertained by it than I do now. Yeah, I think baseball has always been really boring. Uh, yeah, it was Ken Rosenthal. It's not baseball. It's bludgeon. It's bludgeon ball. And what's the rest of the headline? And the frequency of home runs is nothing short of numbing. I don't feel that way. Like I respect, I respect the opinion. Who might argue with Ken Rosenthal? But I don't really feel that way. I have no problem with all the home runs. I would like to see a little more batting average. But baseball's like, go go watch an old baseball game. It's freaking boring. You either love baseball or you don't. But it's not an exciting sport. I'm sorry to say, I love it. But you gotta love the intricacies of baseball. It's not gonna like hit you over the head with yeah. how exciting it is. All right, end of rants. Um, fringy starting pitchers. Tell me who you want on this list, Scott. Let's do this quick. Steven Matz. Why quickly? Because I want to get to all the emails and stuff. I want to get the listeners involved. Steven Matz. All Adam, those Adam Plutko and Brad Keller were both having good starts yesterday before the rain delay. So we crapped on Plutko, but he had one run on one hit in four innings. Um, and Keller was good, too. CC Sabathia struck out nine Blue Jays. He threw 100 pitches for the first time this season. Uh, Drew Pomerantz is the other one. Pomerantz had 11 strikeouts against Colorado. He's been better lately, but you know he's Drew Pomerantz, and he's 8% owned. He's in a different category. Mats, Plutko, Sabathia, Keller, Pomerantz. Do you think any of these guys are like good? No, these are the kind of guys I'm talking about where if you haven't been consistently pursuing upside at starting pitcher, you probably have to start somebody like this, and it was... It went very poorly for Mats. Um, Keller was one I liked because he had two really good matchups and had been on a pretty good run, but I don't think he's reliable in the long run. A lot of hits given up. I'm more of a pitch-to-contact guy. And, uh, I, I mean, I think maybe Sabathia might be the most consistent in terms of what he's going to deliver because he has a great lineup backing him. The strikeout rate is still... Decent, yeah, but it's higher than even I him. Thought. I think of him more as a matchups type. Sure, yeah, and and he, and he so rarely pitches six innings now. I mean, he's been doing it three of his last five starts, but like they just that is a guy that they will not extend into deep into games. But he did manage to get through six. Yeah, innings. I mean, he's thirty-eight years old, right? right? I, yeah, I wouldn't say there's upside there. It's just it you can survive better with him than a, a lot of these other guys who we don't really perceive as having much upside. Sabathia doesn't kill you, but he does kill your whip, so just keep that in mind. He has a 136 whip this year. Uh, he might have two starts next week. The Yankees rotation's kind of juggling around. Uh, they might have an opener today. They only have five games this week, but Sabathia might have two starts. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's do some buy or sell. Buy or sell from M.G. Mitchell. Buy or sell. Bo Bichette will be up before the All-Star break. I sell that. That's all star bigs mm, two weeks from now. So I sell that. Okay. All right. Good start. Buy or sell from Rockhead Fantasy Sports. Domingo Santana finishes the season with 30 homers, 20 steals, and 200 strikeouts. How many players have ever done that? 30 homers, 20 steals, and 200 strikeouts. Well, I'll tell you what. It's not going to be Domingo Santana because he only has five steals. But he probably will have 30 home runs yeah. and, and about 200 strikeouts, Scott. 
there's a good chance. Yeah, there's a good chance. I'm more confident in the strikeouts, I think, than the home runs. But he's he's on pace for more than 30. More like 35 is what he's on pace for. Yeah, he's he's definitely been a good draft pick if you picked him late. From Little Rojo, buy or sell, Hyunjin Ryu will finish top five in NL Cy Young voting. Ha- hashtag happy belated birthday, Adam. Thank you. Somebody cares. I I think with Ryu, there's always the threat of injury, but if he doesn't get hurt, then yeah, I, I would top five. I don't think is too hard of a standard to meet, so I would buy that. Rest of season, would you rather have Ken or Ryu? Ken or Ryu? Come Did on. you say Ken? I said Who's Ken. Ken. Yeah, he's, these are Street Fighter characters. Ken and Ryu. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's also Ryu. Ryu. Oh. I don't know. It could I be Ryu. Ryu. Yeah, it could be. Ryu Hayubasa from uh, Ninja Gaiden. Oh, is that his name? Okay, good yeah. to know. Are they, is he all, his is dad's he the name guy? was Ken. Huh, that, that's got to be like an homage, right? Okay, yeah, this is probably. from from Henry. <laughs> Buy or sell Charlie Morton as a top ten starting pitcher rest of season. I sell that. I don't rank him that way. He could be, but I, I think there's always there, there's a threat of injury with him too. Uh, Buy or sell from Zach. Justin Verlander is the number one starting pitcher in 2020 drafts. Next year, Verlander number one. I sell the hell out of that. He's going to be about 38 next year, too. Uh, So that's a sell for me. I don't know why. He's been better than Max Scherzer this year, but uh, Max Scherzer's closing that gap pretty quickly, and he's a few years younger, and I I don't see what advantage Verlander has over him. I guess maybe supporting cast, but that's not a huge margin. And a lot of people are going to take Garrett Cole over Verlander, as they, they seem to be doing this year based on the emails we've gotten. Uh, from Roto Run, buy or sell, Jose Ramirez ends the season with more than 50 home runs plus steals. Jose Ramirez, okay, let's see what he has right now. I think he has five home runs and 18 steals, and we're about halfway there. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. 23. Is he going to get that's... to 50? Yeah. If he doesn't, then... And it's a, it's a we're, it's a sorry it's a sad day for Jose Ramirez owners because that like you said he's on pace for about forty five right now and that's with terrible start to the season. Okay, next one is from Billy. Buy or sell? Flipping Judge Aaron Judge for Aaron for Josh Donaldson and Lourdes Gurriel in a ten team league. I have outfield depth, so he gave up Judge. This is a grade the trade in buy or sell terms. I am selling this trade. I would not give up Aaron Judge for Josh Donaldson and Lourdes Gurriel. Yeah, neither would I. No, that's... Neither would I. Um, I don't think in a 15-team league where lineup spots are harder to fill, could I make that argument? And this is a 10-team league. Yeah, no. Like, I, I did sit Aaron Judge ooh. this week, though. I will say that. Because he, he sat... I knew he sat yesterday, and that meant he had a four-game week, and he's been cold since coming back. So I sat Judge, but... No, I am not selling him for Donaldson and Gurriel. Come on now. Uh, Zach Nelson. Lourdes Gurriel, home run yesterday. He looked pretty good. Uh, Zach Nelson. Glaber Torres hits 35 home runs this season. Buy or sell? I don't even know. Uh, well, he's on pace for that, right? And I don't think... This is the state, right? At second base and shortstop, where he's not like an obvious top five player, despite this 
great power production, a 285 batting average, a great lineup. And I could barely get him in the top 10, I think, at either of those spots. Maybe not even top 12. Um, I'm inclined to buy this because I don't really think anything he's doing is unsustainable. And yet, how valuable is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. So I just want to see where he ranks at second base, Glaber Torres. Let's see if we can figure it out. Um, I'll get back to that in a second. Let's go to our next buy or sell from Zach. Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez are both must-starts by August 1st. Tucker and Alvarez. Yeah, I would be pretty bummed out if Kyle Tucker's not up by August 1st. And he's... He's been, he had off to a really slow start at AAA, but since about May 1st, he's been putting up Alvarez-like numbers down there, but with good stolen base production too. So it didn't go well for him early last year, but I imagine it'll go better the next time around. So I'll, I'll buy this. Okay. And one more. Buy or sell from Drew. Austin Riley and Pete Alonzo, just in general. They're similar in in terms of profile. Uh, I haven't looked at Austin Riley's ratios in a while, but uh, part of the reason I was willing to kind of sell high on Riley early on is because it would take Pete Alonzo levels of um, kind of being an outlier for him to produce with the strikeout rate he had for him to produce must-start fantasy numbers. Uh, Let me... Yeah, I think I, I buy Alonzo more than Riley at this point, but so far Riley has still been an outlier in terms of how hard he hits the ball in terms of line drive rate. And if he can continue that, then he could survive a 30% strikeout rate. Glaber Torres is the number eight second baseman in points and sixth in Roto. How about that? He really is having a good year, and he, and he hasn't even faced the Orioles in a while. All right, thank you for your buy or sell. And now we'll read some emails at fantasybaseballcbsi.com. Only seven games yesterday, Scott. Wasn't that nice? Nice little mm. respite. It was lovely. It, it was, was lovely. I, I do enjoy that. I intended to start watching Evil Genius on Netflix. I heard good things, but I fell asleep at like 9.30, so it didn't exactly work out. Mm. Man. Since, I've heard no things. I haven't heard of Evil Genius. Yeah, my cousin recommended it. I heard a good anyway. thing about, about okay. Evil Genius. Uh, Dear Juan Nicasio, Corey Kluber, Jason Witten, Aerosmith, and many more things that Adam has been wrong about. Uh, this is from Ryan in <laughs> St. Louis. As a lifelong Cardinals fan who spent my teens and early 20s watching Albert Pujols in a Cardinals jersey, I want to know what Adam Azer, king of all etiquette for baseball fans, would have done if after 2009, Derek Jeter left the Yankees for a National League team, and eight years later, he made his return to Yankee Stadium for a weekend series, is the highness Adam Azer saying Yankees fans would not have given him a standing ovation for every single at-bat? Oh, please, get off your iron throne, Adam. With that said, I still love you. I still <laughs> Adam's love you on too. the iron throne. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Might have been a better ending it, than maybe ended up there. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know that they would have given him a standing ovation every at bat, but they probably, they may have, and I probably would have been pretty annoyed by it. So your point is taken. Uh, that was a fun little discussion we had about, about Cardinals fans. We had a good response about it. Speaking of Cardinals, here's code from California. 
Who would you rather have rest of season, Scott? Hayslus Lazardo or Jack Flaherty? Jack Flaherty. I don't I don't really have any objections to what Flaherty's doing. I I think maybe people got ahead of themselves in terms of breakout or no breakout. I mean, he's still like getting his swinging strikes are similar to last year and really good. Um, but he's still not a finished product yet. I in this pitching environment, I I think it's hard to take him out of your lineup. But you know, he hasn't had the breakout, so I think people are disappointed. Jesus Luzardo, he could be better, but. He could be useless, too. So I would rather go Flaherty. Okay, from Rob. Dear Jack, Janet, and Chrissy. I don't know them. Categories League. When Yandy Diaz comes back, should I keep Diaz or go with Todd Frazier, Freddie Galvis, or Jason Kipnis? I would keep Diaz unless Kipnis keeps this going for you know another week or so. But yeah, I think... Kip- Diaz has slowed down after a hot start, but he's still been productive enough that you could use him, um, yeah, you know, and and not and not be not be at too much of a disadvantage to either the position where he's eligible. Okay, I know. I just looked up who Jack, Janet, and Chrissy are, and I'm gonna see if you know it. I'm gonna have to play the theme song for you, but give me a moment. So next is it three's company? It is. I didn't go Good job. Uh, all right. This is from Scott in Portland. Dear Adam, and really only Adam. Subject line: Did you finally find your outro? Uh, in the past, I feel like I've heard you lament that you don't have a good way to sign off the show. Then last Monday on June seventeenth, I thought you nailed it. Quote: Everything else you need to know on fantasy baseball today tomorrow. I thought it was great. Go back and listen. I think you should adopt it as your closing line. Good stuff. Mm. All right, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot today. I'm going to put it in bold. Yeah, it's in right up notes. there with Seacrest out. Good, good line. It wouldn't work on a Friday, though. <laughs> That's true. I'll have to do Azer out on a Friday. From Matthew, <laughs> I'm listening to today's episode. I literally pulled over, or yesterday's episode. I literally pulled over to write this email. I'm born and raised in St. Louis. I'm a huge Cardinals fan. I visibly cringe every time someone in my social media feed remarks about Cardinals fans being the best in baseball. And this weekend nearly hospitalized me with cringe. I think every fan base has the same general mix of great people and jerks. And no one fan base is better than the other. Except Philadelphia sports fans. Those people are jerks. (laughs) Okay, good stuff. (laughs) Uh, I agree with everything there. From Brendan. The... Okay, go ahead. You want to weigh in? The two, the two fan bases that I've noticed have a prevailing <laughs> attitude that's different from the average fan base, which is mostly made up of the same kinds of, comp, you know, the same ratios of people as this guy's saying, are Yankees and Mets fans. What do you mean? One is, like, the Yankees fan response to anytime they're less than the best is just different than you see from any other fan base. And the Mets are in a Mets fans are in an eternal state of woe. Like they weren't in the world series that many years it's ago, true. but they act like they act like nothing good ever happens for them. I sort of agree with them. Like even the, I, I said it at the time when they went to the world series, it was the worst thing that could have happened to them because they lost because all of their pitchers, pitched way too many innings. And they all dealt with some type of injury or bad regression. Harvey, Syndergaard, DeGrom. Like, the year after for DeGrom was rough. 
Um, it was it was just like they if if you were extending your pitchers this much, you better win that World Series, and they did it. This is from Brendan. Trey Turner doesn't get talked about on the show a lot. Just wondering where you would rank Trey Turner among shortstops rest of season, and where you'd rank him in dynasty leagues. I would I, I rank him pretty much where I ranked him coming in. Um, higher in Roto because of the impact of the steals there is, is greater than in points leagues. But uh, I, I think I have him in my top 30 overall in both format, formats, probably top 20 in Roto. Uh, and Dynasty leagues, I, I don't think it'd be wildly different. Most of the Most of the high-end players, with the exception of maybe the pitchers, are young. So it'd be about the same. Yeah, Turner stole three bases on opening day. Got us so excited that he was going to, you know, just steal a ton. And he's got how many? 13 steals in, in 38 games. It's really good. But obviously the pace has slowed a bit. Okay, the, that'll do it for the emails. We got Grade the Trade and Team Name Tuesday to end the show. So here we go, Scott. Just want letter grades here. Diego from San Francisco. Not to be confused with Francisco from San Diego. Grade the Trade. Give up Javi Baez and Josh Bell. Get Chris Sale and Ronald Acuna. I like it. Uh, yeah, I like it. B plus. I, I'll give it a. I'll give it a B plus. Yeah. There you go. I'm just speaking, for Scott. From Josh, five by five dynasty league categories. Dynasty league. Uh, I give up Acuna and Bueller. Ooh, in a dynasty league where you keep ten. Oh. Acuna and Bueller. I get. Eloy Jimenez, Michael Conforto, and Lucas Giolito. Not enough. Yeah, C minus, D plus. That's, yeah, D plus. Sean from from Toronto. I need pitching. I give up Jose Ramirez and Alex Colomay. I get Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's pretty good. Um, Particularly if you you have excess at third base, I would give this a I would give this a B. All right, this is from Sean in Ontario. I give twelve team categories league. Give Granky, Puig, and Eloy Jimenez. Granky, Puig, and Eloy get Luis Castillo and Juan Soto. Okay, so slight downgrade a pitcher from Granky to Castillo, but turning Puig and Eloy into Soto, I think more than makes up for it. I'll give it a B, B, B. 16-team Roto League. This is from RB in Maine. Give Scherzer and Clint Frazier. 16-team team, uh, league, remember. Scherzer and Clint Frazier get J.D. Martinez and Aaron Nola. Wow, it's going to come down mm-hmm. to Nola. <laughs> and how he pitches. I know I rank Scherzer and Martinez about the same, but... It's just so much harder to get the pitch. It, it really comes down to how much you trust Nola, which my trust has been wavering, even though he was great last time out. So I, I, uh, I'll give it a C. Okay, I'll give it a C. It's really hard to give up Scherzer, but that's a pretty good return for him. This is from Peter at the Jersey Shore. Dear Robert, John, Jimmy, and John. This is Led Robert, Z- John, Jimmy, John. I- this is Led Zeppelin, Scott. They sing that. Okay. They sing that song. Come and knock on our door. Uh, eighteen points league. Grade the trade. Give up Acuna, Sale, and Soroka. Get Harper, Strasburg, and Kershaw. I do not think I like it. Give up Acuna, Sale, and Soroka. Get Harper, Strasburg, and Kershaw. 
C minus. Giving up the me. best pitcher, I think, in sale, but you're getting two. I think you can really bank on in Strasburg and Kershaw health. With Soroka, I mean, he's not quite there yet in terms of totally trusting him to be great for you rest of season. Um, it is a downgrade Harper to Acuna, but I, I, I do like it. I'll give it a B minus. Oh, all right, all right. And we finish the show with Team Name Tuesday. Not a great round. Pretty fly for a Scott White guy. Pretty fly for a white guy. Offspring. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I, I, I lived it, but <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Me as a team name. That's fun. Column A or column B? Column A or column B, right? Oh, uh, uh, yes. They might be Bryant's. Not bad. Okay. Yeah, not bad. Scherzer, hardly newer. Okay. Moncada, be kidding me? That's not bad. And Mancini in a bottle. We've had that a lot, but it's good. Mark in Kansas City has Billy Joel themes. Upton Girl. We do also get that one a lot. Oh, this one's very good. Sing us a song, Loriano Man. That's very good. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Always a Erman to me. That's okay. Uh, only the good to young. That one we've had. You okay. may be Wainwright. Yeah. Mm, no, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't uh, like it. Like you may be wrong. But you it's... may be right is the name of the song. You may be Wainwright. Oh, you may be right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one's good. It's still still Garrett Cole to me. Mm. It's good. Still rock and roll. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, we have uh, the Black Eyed SPs. Like Black Eyed Peas? Oh, SPs like starting pitchers. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Stroming on the Old Young Ho. Stroming on the Old Young Ho. (laughs) Okay. We're out of here, everybody. (laughs) I want to thank Scott White. I have to scroll up and find my outro. Uh, I'm Adam Azer. Thanks for listening. Everything else you need to know on Fantasy Baseball today, tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.